Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Brandon Johnson is now officially the 57th mayor of Chicago. This is the Reset Podcast. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. In his inaugural address, he talked about his upbringing and humble beginnings, discussed key moments in Chicago history, and his hope and pride in this city. I'm talking about the soul of Chicago. That, my friends, is the rich soul of Chicago. That soul is what strikes me today. As the ceremonial events wrapped up, we turned to a roundtable of political experts to get reaction and analysis to Johnson's first address to the city. On our panel, Jaime Dominguez, a professor at Northwestern University. Connie Mixon, a professor of political science and director of the Urban Studies Program at Elmhurst University. And Alden Lowry, WBEZ's data projects editor. All right, gang, we heard his speech. He spoke for nearly 40 minutes. What did you think? Well, it was certainly inspirational. And you mentioned that theme, the soul of Chicago was repeated over and over again. There were broad progressive themes, a lot from his campaign, housing, public transit, mental health, education. He invoked scripture twice. Um, There were some olive branches out to the business community. He talked about a diverse economy, the need to compete globally. He repetitively used the term world-class city, which struck me because that is a term that was first used by Mayor Richard M. Daley and then Rahm Emanuel. They use Mm. this very frequently. We look at it in our book in um, 21st Century Chicago, how that kept coming up. So it was interesting that Brandon Johnson used that term. Um, You know, he covered, you know, the history all the way from, you know, Native Americans. And then at the end was talking about the 1968 riots and the pandemic. One line that I really appreciated as a political science professor was when he said "Through that public service can serve as a conduit for social justice and the value and importance of public service. And so it was a call for public service and for all Chicagoans to come together to achieve the greatness that the potential that Chicago has. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a very good point, Connie. I mean, and as you said, I mean, he took us from the founding of Chicago. Right. <laughs> uh, we went through the Great Migration. He talked about the women's movement. We Just so much historical context in that speech. But of course, it came all the way back to that phrase that we heard so much, which was the soul of Chicago. I mean, what message yeah. do you think Mayor Johnson's trying to send? Uh, that he, Chicago is, is resilient. It's a resilient place uh, where change happens, social change, cultural change, um, political change. A mm-hmm. um, couple of things that stood out for me is, um, you know, he, he also he talked about investment um, and he kept going back to investing in young people. So I think, uh, you know, really trying to bring attention that um, that's a lot of uh, capital, right, that the city perhaps hasn't really invested in. And that's something that he wants to do. It's very clear from from his speech that he's a great communicator. I mean, he's gifted with that. Uh, and so for me also, um, I was happy to see him also um, mention law enforcement because we know he took a lot of heat for that. Yeah. And given the ways in which, uh, you know, uh, what has transpired in Chicago in terms of perhaps the, uh, um, the splinter relationship between minority communities and law enforcement, I think he really wants to 
tried to provide kind of a bridge for those two communities. So I thought that that was good in terms of him uh, doing that. Also, I like the fact that he says, uh, although, you know, it's, it's one thing to think about it conceptually, but then it's different when you implement it. But this idea of a zero-sum formulation, right, and proposing and implementing public policy, mm-hmm. right, that uh, we don't that we don't always have to see the lenses through that either, it's either this or that. Um, and last thing I would just say is that it's very clear that um, he is – Showing that right governance, and I wrote it down here, governance is a Herculean effort that's going to require the efforts of all Chicagoans due to the myriad interests that it represents. And so we're all not going to get everything we want, but at the end of the day, it's mm. about moving the city forward, right? Uh, you know, if it's the next day, then you're one day uh, more advanced than you were before. So I think that's important. And he, yeah. and, he, and he showed, I think, strength. And again, this idea that he's going to be decisive in terms of the different decisions that he makes. Yeah, on that note, I mean, so many quotables, Alden, from from that speech. One that stood out to me very early on when you said, you know, I, I never imagined when I was growing up being on a stage like this. And he says, he riffs on, on that mm-hmm. thought and then says, but make no mistake, that does not mean I am not prepared, right, to some laughter from the crowd. But what stood out to you? Uh, that statement stood out to me, uh, this notion that uh, while I am kind of new to this, this world is new to me. Uh, I'm ready for this moment. And um, uh, the uh, the soul of Chicago, of course, resonating throughout the speech, uh, to me, felt like a, a way for him to say, hey, look, uh, another line he mentioned where he said, our, our divisions are real. You know, he's like, you know, let's not sugarcoat this. We do see things differently. Um, and that is part of our challenge. Mm-hmm. But you know, kind of bringing everybody back to this this soul of Chicago thing that, you know, we're, you know, collectively, we are what makes this city great. Um, it's gone through all these things. And he, he gave us a literally a, a history book lesson of that. Sure did. Um, but um, but uh, but but we are all still bound by that. And uh, and so it, from that to uh, the call out or the call in, as, as he, he talked about it in, in, uh, in the uh, kind of uh, activism vernacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he mentioned a ton of names, um, uh, people who are in positions of authority that he is saying, hey, we are going to have to work together and we may not see this on the same level. Uh, we may not uh, agree, but together we can do this. And I want to say that was one of his kind of closing themes, like together mm-hmm. we can make Chicago the city that we want it to be. Uh, so th- those are some of the things that stood out to me. Uh, a couple other things I'll just mention. So he was long on a lot of you know, possibilities yes. and vision uh, and not very much. And we didn't expect that he would get to very particulars. But I did take note of the notion he talked about the philanthropic community and the business community kind of coming together, kind of help bridge this gap in mm-hmm. terms of uh, school programs for youth and park programs in terms of the, the, the distance between them and them kind of filling in that gap, which I thought was notable. The other thing, um, very eloquent uh, uh, mention of Adam Toledo's parents and Officer Preston's yes. parents, which I thought was a, a, a really good kind of... Really masterful way of putting those putting, two, putting those two, two together. together. And the same... Was the same tears of sorrow are are, are are felt by both of those sets of parents. Parents, yeah. Uh, and then he also talked about law enforcement. He talked about the things that law enforcement needed. And he talked about they need direct supervision. They needed clear expectations of what is 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 sought from them. Yeah. And they need opportunities for advancement. And then he mentioned accountability. And so those first three bullet points, I thought, speak very directly to what the rank and file really talk about what they need. And I, I think perhaps, hopefully, Speaking uh, to terms like that, to issues like that, 
uh, will help bridge that gap that the mayor's office has has had with law enforcement. We talk about communities and, yeah. and their their rift. There's also been a rift between the the mayor's seat and uh, and the rank and file officers. Well, I'm glad you brought us there, Alden, because we actually do have uh, some sound of, of that moment uh, in Johnson's speech. Let's listen. You know the tears of Adam Toledo, his parents. The tears of Adam Toledo's parents are made of the same sorrow as the parents of Officer Preston's parents. Yeah, so uh, of course there, as Alden mentioned, he's talking about uh, Ariana Preston, a a 24-year-old off-duty Chicago police officer who was just killed in in Avalon Park last week, um, supporting law enforcement, building trust between the community and police officers. That'll all be a major challenge that he's going to face in office. How can he mend these relationships, Connie? You know, it will be tough. Um, I think he's trying to put people in place in his administration to mend those relationships. When it comes to public safety, you know, his choice of the interim police superintendent is somebody that seems to be well-respected amongst the rank and file. Um, There's a lot of pressure to choose somebody from within CPD as the permanent superintendent, I think that will go a long way. It's speeches like this. It's reaching out to the community. It's showing people that he cares and that he listens. Mm-hmm. And that will make a huge difference and go a long way that he's accessible and doesn't necessarily, you know, just command from top down, but listens from the bottom up as well. will go a long way. Um, and hopefully we have the patience as citizens yeah. in the city of Chicago to to let Brandon Johnson have a chance. That'll be key. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we're talking about the inauguration of Brandon Johnson as Chicago's new mayor. Also, what lies ahead for his administration? With us in studio are Northwestern's Jaime Dominguez, Elmhurst's Connie Mixon, and WBEZ's Alden Lowry. So Johnson is only the third black mayor of Chicago, and he made sure to acknowledge Lightfoot's historic tenure as well and the effect that she's had. Let's listen. I'd like to thank Mayor Lori Lightfoot and her leadership of our city through turbulent times. Let us not forget that Mayor Lightfoot made history twice as the first black woman and the first openly gay LGBTQ mayor. And in doing so, she broadened the imagination of so many young people across this city, including my daughter. Lori, I am grateful to you for your service and your sacrifice. That was a nice moment, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, paying respect. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a really nice moment. Yeah. Um, I loved also when he uh, shouted out his wife as the the first, <laughs> yeah, uh, first black, lady, first first black first lady. What's well, uh, important for to this stress city. that? I think it's very very important. Okay, so. Stacy Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> um, he gave shout outs to Illinois leadership J.B. Pritzker, Senators Durbin and Duckworth, Tony Preckwinkle. And so many others. I, I feel like everybody got a shout out. Everybody yeah. who voted for him got a shout out. Um, he said he looks forward to, to working with state and city leadership to, to build a better Chicago. Remind us, Alden, what is his relationship like with the governor? 
Um, I'm not terribly well versed on on that. Um, I know that he comes out of kind of the Tony Preckwinkle political family, okay. uh, essentially, and so he's got strong ties there. Of course, he spent time with the uh, with the county uh, with the county board, uh, and then as a you know his in his kind of uh, professional development, uh, you know his time as a, as an organizer, and so he's you know deeply connected to. Uh, the activism world, and uh, in particular, uh, the education activism and uh, Chicago um, teachers. Yeah, and I would just say that it was important. I'm glad that he uh, acknowledged um, all the individuals that you just mentioned, Sasha, because yes. uh, these are important actors that are going to be critical and important at each step of the way as he goes uh, as, as, as the mayor when he starts to, to govern. For sure. Uh, but again, it's all about consensus building and support. And sometimes you need those individuals who can, you know, uh, with the— uh, now it's a, a phone, but a text, right? And they'll, they'll, they'll respond to it and they'll listen and they can put something together and have a conversation that perhaps otherwise wouldn't happen Yeah, um, because he's new and he doesn't really know, hasn't had that, that um, his infrastructure is just not there. He's kind of, he's gradually building it and we'll build it. Yeah. We, we also know that he, uh, he just recently went down to, to Springfield, right? And, right. and it was um, working with Springfield. Of course, we know that's going to be really important to get things done on the fifth floor at, at City Hall. Yeah. So it's, it's all going to. Right. And a lot of a lot of his revenue sources that he was, you know, calling for during the campaign can't just be done by him or even with city council. They need state or federal approval. Mm -hmm. And in particular, Governor Pritzker told him that his financial transaction tax was a no go from the get go. Um, so, it, you know, he's certainly going to have to do some lobbying in Springfield, particularly on the education front. Mm. Um, in terms of funding CPS, CPS has got a huge structural deficit and they're going to have to go to the state for more money to close that deficit. He also said in his speech, I will always do my best to find common ground. Now, when he won uh, in early April, this same panel talked about how he had a gap to bridge. Right. And we've talked about it today. We talked about what it would take for him to reach the people that didn't vote for him. I mean, is he ready to bridge that gap now you think and what would it take well i think like today just on the on the on his speech it's on the issue of law enforcement acknowledging that wanting to have a a, a police force a, a lean efficient police force that works for the city and who is going to have the public trust and so i think uh for him uh that's one way i think of him on one hand Right, uh, helping to reduce perhaps the criticism that he's gotten that he's not supportive of law enforcement, but at the same time, uh, bringing accountability to that phenomenon because I think that's very, very important. And so that uh, could be something that, uh, from the get go, perhaps mm. could give him a, a, a jump on that on that on that narrative. Right? Yeah. It was city council. Um, there were several alder persons: um, Brendan Riley, Brian Hopkins, Matt O'Shea, that all endorsed Paul Vallis in the runoff. But under Johnson's unity plan, they all get chair positions in the new city council. So that is one way of trying to bridge maybe some of those differences. But remember, he didn't, you know, he didn't. It's not a mandate that he has. It was a close election between him and him and Vallis in the runoff. Let's hear some some moments of humor were injected throughout this. But one in particular had me hollering. You can't make people feel bad because they have a payment plan. You can't stop someone with a payment plan from becoming mayor of the city of Chicago. (laughs) 
Oh, that was so funny to me. I mean, he's taking a jab, of course, for those who aren't familiar, at the criticism that he faced earlier. This was regarding unpaid, what, what was it, a water bill, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, do you think he got the last word here, folks? Yeah. I'm just like you. Was this the mic drop? Just, yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm just like you, you yeah, know. Pretty good um, touche. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think everybody can, can can relate to that. You know, things are, things are uh, financial times are tough right now, and I think we can all, I know I can, uh, relate to that. Yeah, for sure. Something else he said, he said, this city is big enough for everyone if you're seeking asylum or you're looking for fully funded neighborhoods. Um, And he later quoted scripture saying, you know, he will not turn people away. One of those moments you noted, right, Connie? Right. Yeah, several times that he did. And I mean, that was, you know, the broad theme and talking about his father. Right. Yeah. Who was. And there was another funny line there about his father, who was a minister and also a carpenter, a carpenter and like, just like imagine, Jesus. Imagine growing up, <laughs> right. your father is just like Jesus. Yep. Right. <laughs> right. But uh, let's jump back to something you brought up early on, Connie, with that, that world class mention. Right. Mm-hmm. He touched on building a world class educational system in Chicago. He talked about providing child care for all, fixing the city's public transportation system. Any surprises around the room here on the, the big ideas? that Johnson decided to include today? Um, no, I think um, on, on that point about the, you know, uh, be, being a first-class kind of world city, I think, again, that's something that Chicago has historically prided itself on. And so I think uh, him mentioning it, I think, was also a way for him to, to reach out, I think, to the business class, the business elites who were not on board with with his campaign, that he, he has the same interests that they do in terms of, again, trying to create a, a sound, robust economic infrastructure that's going to benefit mm-hmm. not just the developers or elected officials, but, but everybody, right? Yeah. And so I, I thought for him, it was very, very important to him to, to, to stress that. Anyone surprised about anything he did not include in today's speech? Anything jump out at you, Alden? I, as I was listening, I was saying to myself, okay, when we come back, I like he's going to get to there's something that maybe he missed. I'm, I'm not sure he missed anything. Okay. I mean, he, he talked. I mean, uh, in 38 minutes. It, yeah, that's a lot of time to, to I touch I would hope on. he hit all the right, points. Right, right, Um uh, I wasn't a surprise, I, but he, him talking very directly about mental health centers um, uh, and, and stating very explicitly wanting to, to reopen those centers. And I know that's been a, a talking point during the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, one of the things, they, well, one of the things he didn't mention necessarily was how he was going to do some of these things. And so if the real estate transfer tax is a no-go, um, uh, if the financial transactions tax, which I know Mayor Lightfoot did not pull through either. That's a, a, also a no-go. I'm glad you brought up finances. Let's listen to a little bit of him talking about the financial issues the city's got. Y'all know we need revenue. We have a structural deficit. And we have to invest in people. And we have to do that without breaking the backs of working people with fines, fees, and property taxes. Yeah, so he's talking there about addressing Chicago's structural deficit yeah. as well as investing in people yeah and, and so if we if we don't lean on uh, resources like the fines and fees which mm-hmm. I, I think most chicagoans would celebrate um and we're not going to be able to go after these huge pots of uh, these taxes that we're seeing as huge victories in order to generating revenue for a lot of the social programs that, that that many have called for we know how do we get there and and that is not an easy 
question to figure out. Mm-hmm. And so the you know that's that's going to be the mayor's main main stumbling block to to get accomplished a lot of these things. It's great that we philosophically agree with some of these things, but you know where's the money going to come from to pay for them? Well, right. And, and I think it's important to recognize that Lori Lightfoot, more so than any other mayor, closed that deficit. As opposed to when she came into office, what was it, eight hundred million deficit, and now it's down to eighty. Lots of it was done with federal COVID money, but I think that's important to recognize that, um, in terms of fiscally leaving the city in better shape than any of the previous mayors had, is yeah. important. Well, we're just about out of time. Anyone got a final thought here? Fifty seventh mayor in office. Here we go. Soul of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> the soul of Chicago. Yeah. Your final thoughts, Jaime? He's up against a lot of challenges. Yeah. but It's going to be the wait and see. But at the same time, I, I like his enthusiasm. I like how he uh, uh, infused confidence in his ability to, to govern. And I think that that's, you know, uh, half the battle sometimes is the things we do is having that confidence. And yeah. so I think that's very, very important. And it's very important for him to project that, particularly, again, as for, as a mayor, for, uh, as a new mayor of Chicago, mm-hmm. and being in that position for the first time, are you pumped, Alden? I am. I, uh, there's energy there. There's yeah. humility there. Uh, there's thoughtfulness. Uh, the challenges are great, um, and there's charisma there. I think, if nothing else, for the next four years. We're going to have a lot of very fun, interesting, and engaging conversations. For sure. Well, our thanks to our panel here, Alden Lowry, Connie Mixon, and Jaime Dominguez. Thank you so much for sticking with us for the last two hours. My pleasure. Thank Thank you so much. That episode of the podcast was produced by Maha Ahmed, Linnea Dominic, and Stephanie Kim, and edited by Ethan Schwab. Our politics team is keeping us up to date as we usher in a new mayoral administration and city council. You can check out all the coverage that they're doing at WBEZ.org. That's it for this podcast. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll check in again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.